Hello and welcome back to the spookiest season of the year, October 2023. My name is Count Noah. And I, my name is Gavin. I am his loyal servant, here to do whatever beating he needs while he sleeps. He is my older, somewhat slow brother. Yes, he's my assistant. <laughs> this is a new character. I'm getting used to him. In all Usually of his wisdom, his... you see, folks, he became a creature of the night before I could figure out what was going on. And instead of killing me, he spared my life. And now I live been... only to serve him I've and been... all of the podcasts he wants to record. I've been stringing him along for quite some time. Okay, are we done? Master, if you <laughs> permit me, I will speak in my normal voice from now on, if that's all right. Please do. Okay, I mean, you can keep talking like that. That's perfectly fine. Perhaps I will. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, House Transylvania, this time of year. Lovely. Okay. Now we're transitioning back. I lost it. I okay. lost it right there on the word lovely. Uh, okay, uh, that was weird. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll see about see about those new characters uh that's probably the first and last time you'll hear from uh igor Wait, what, what i don't was know it's pronounced, it's pronounced igor igor gavgor <laughs> okay it's uh frankenstein yes okay october 2023 Ooh. we're back this is going to be our last horror-centric pod yes of the month we've been having a good time we decided to do some actual reviews. These are kind of the three big, I guess, events that we were excited for that we're going to drop this month. Uh, There's one tomorrow, but I don't know how people are thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's does release tomorrow, and uh, I'm going to watch it because yeah. it's available on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, day and date release with theaters. And, you know, I, there's been something, you know, not any of the stuff we were going to discuss, but there's been some stuff that was pitched at kind of the mid-range, like, you know, for kids, but, like, with an edge. Uh, I didn't make it through the Haunted Mansion remake. I did. That was great. We, just, we briefly talked about it before. I was, I was, you know. Yeah. I was a little bored by it. Didn't feel the need to finish it. I watched the first chunk of the new Goosebumps. That just dropped on Disney Plus. Justin Long is in it. Oh, that's right. It's on Disney. You're right. It's on Disney. Plus. Uh, the verdict is out. I don't know. I'll I'll let you know on that one. But uh, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's seems like it's hitting more that like, you know, young audience. I haven't played the games. I have no relationship to the games at all. So see, that's what I was reading was that not... a lot of people they know Five Nights at Freddy and they've never played the game before, because like apparently the guy who made it was like. He made he did his best to make a video game on his own, and people were like, "This is like god awfully creepy." And he was like, "Oh, well, maybe I should actually try and make a, a scary game instead of just because he like poured his heart and soul into this." And I think it was like a Christian based game or so. I don't know what it was. That's just the what I read online. And so he actually tried with with Five Nights at Freddy, and people were like, "This is utterly terrifying." And I've watched people play it. I've never played it yeah, myself. Yeah, no, and I think it is one of those that. Yeah, even if you haven't played it, it's you know one it of the is. most watched, like right. watching reaction videos or playthroughs of it. So it's had this whole like light, and I know there's tons of sequels and merch and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah. uh, so 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I like uh, was it Josh Hutcherson? He's yeah. one of the Hunger Games boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him well He's enough. He's a Zathura boy. Zathura, that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. So, I you know I'm I'm here is for he, it. We'll we'll give it a shot. It's on old Peacock. Was he Peacock Stone remake? I think he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. was. Uh, didn't see, but I think he was. Peacock. On that note, uh. I gotta say, I like their array of yeah, offerings. Let's let's when we get done with reviews and we're kind of just cycling through what we've watched. I want to have that conversation of who do you think thus far this month is like the one you would be like. Well, if I'm paying for one scream, streaming ser- screaming service, <laughs> like while, who would it be? While we're there, I I guess we should open with it because over on Peacock, one one of our reviews oh, yeah. this evening is suburban screams. John Carpenter's suburban screams. You will never look at your neighbors the same way again. That's the premise, anyways. Yes. Uh, I don't know if it fully delayed, but are you okay with starting with that? Yeah, one? yeah, we can do that. What, what, what'd you think? We were, we, you know, we came into this with the best of intentions, you yeah. know? Yeah. The most open of arms. Yeah. The highest of hopes. <laughs> what'd you think? I like the one as, he directed. As, as the as the two co-hosts of the definitive John Carpenter retrospective podcast, Carpenter Revisited, what did you think of I John Carpenter's that. Suburban Screams? Well, Noah, I have to say I, I like what he did with the one he directed, and I'm okay with him putting his name on it. I just hope he, he caught the bug again, and now he's like writing or push me making another screenplay or another movie to direct himself. I don't know. I saw some behind the scenes bits I, where all he I seemed say like is, Big John, enjoy that check, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy that. I, I hope it cleared. <laughs> I hope it cleared. Yeah. Uh this very much very much felt like I I and I don't I don't watch this sort of stuff. So I realize it's like this is a whole genre of mm-hmm. show. Like the ID TV mm-hmm. discovery. Like I I get it. The structure exists, and it very much feels like, oh, Peacock's like, oh, this shit sells. Okay, yeah, we'll green light it. And then it felt like a series that was pretty much like made wholesale, like done and almost wrapped in a bow. And then they were like, hey, this is just kind of whatever, but like, if we got a name, right? If we got a name, and then after, and I don't know how that this is all speculation, but it very much feels like they just kind of came to like, hey, hey, John. We cut your fat check, and you put your name on it. You record one voiceover narration for the intro, and you and your son and his, and your buddy get to do uh, some music, and uh, we call it a day. What do you think? You want you want a direct one, maybe? It's one. like we bring out you know Storm King. We you know Sandy can be a producer on it. Like what do you, what do you think? And it's like sure, yeah, fine. But I can't like. It bums me out though because there is this there's a certain amount of people who will watch this and not not knowing how stuff is made are gonna think like he directed every episode right. of this show and are gonna be like, well, this is not good, and that that kind of bugs me. That that right. bugs me. That level of his you, name being on it right. bugs me. But if you but, if you if you go into it knowing that he directed the last one, right, the stalker one. And you look at that story, it's like a quintessential one of his. It's like, 
yeah, this guy stalked me and like, he's been harassing me forever and I don't know if it's ever going to stop. And it's like, you're just okay. left. You're kind of, and some of them you are left on a downer note of like, okay, so was that really that was this story? Some of them, I will argue a couple of them in the middle, like, was this really worth telling? <laughs> you know like okay i but i mean that I one at least i can i can appreciate for like it i don't think he can make a full screenplay like a full movie about it because maybe it is like you wind up with the ward you know but there's stuff in there that i'm like i see why he would want to maybe put his name and direct this one because it kind of has the most it's dealing with the most prevalent things that like are at play in our society now with and stalking I, and like female autonomy and all and this other just, stuff. Just watch. Obviously, it's the one that you could most easily connect to, like stuff he's done. Before. Right. It makes the most sense. I, yeah. Sure. Whatever. Let's let's jump back though to the beginning because I throw this thing on, having seen the trailer, which the trailer was kind of like, all right, we'll see, we'll see. And the first one throws me for a loop because I'm like, I thought this was a true crime show. I thought these were actual cases that maybe just are not, like, you know, super well-known. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to explore them. We're going to do reenactments, whatever. But very quickly, I'm like, oh, okay, so this one's supernatural. And it's like, okay, some of these are going to be just like, do you buy this or not? And from right. the get-go with that one, for instance, I was just like, I can't get past the fact that, like, this guy, like, I don't know if it's just stilted or what it is, but I'm like, this guy feels like... He's an actor. He doesn't feel like the guy who went through right. what he's describing. Uh-huh. It feels performative. I don't know. So, But I'm like, it was okay, though. But even little details like, oh, I kept hearing the song that would repeat over and over again. I would hear it everywhere. And then you hear the song, and you're like, it's some you know shit they pulled off of Creative Commons on the internet or whatever. It's like royalty-free. And it's like they can't say the name of the song. He's like, it was on the radio constantly. Just like, oh, okay. In Canada, and it start like it starts there, but it's just like okay. I I start to key into what what is the the gulf between what they're actually saying in the interview segments versus what we're seeing in the quote unquote reenactments. Right. First one is what it is. It does tie up with like okay. Well, there was a girl in town. Who, there was a body that was found. Mm-hmm. Okay. And whether he invented this whole backstory for it after the fact, who knows? Whatever. Okay. We move on to the second one. Okay. This is what I thought the show was. This is straight up true crime. We know this guy. He was on the loose. He came back to help. Like, that one was, for me, the most effective overall. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And as cheesy as even some of the reenactments are in that one in terms of the level of acting, etc., filmmaking, whatever, the sequence where he goes into the house and assaults the two old ladies yeah. was genuinely upsetting. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point, and I think I, I think it was so upsetting because of how kind of terrible <laughs> the reenactments had been up to that point. Where all of a sudden I was like, wait, this is like too, this guy's too good at this. Like, all of a sudden this sequence is like, makes you linger and sit in it. He like bundles her up and then eventually like lights the room on fire. All of that stuff. It's like, that was, that was really upsetting. That was, that was effective. And I was like, the, 
nothing else in the rest of the series ever hit those heights in terms of like oh that that happened you you reenacted it Mm -hmm. and that was genuinely upsetting yeah um well that to me that story is the most that one and then the stalker one are the two most genuinely like realistic like genuinely upsetting ones that we have you know because it's it's one of those where like well well We'll get to the stalker. I was trying to save John's for no, no, no. We last, can talk about but, that later. Okay, but the second one I thought pretty effective, so it, it kept me on the hook essentially. Where I was like, okay, we actually have newspaper reports of this. We have like actual news footage from the time. We have all the like local writers right. are the guys who are being interviewed, and to that effect, it's like they sounded like newsmen. Like they sounded like guys who, you know, experienced these events and were talking about that. They, I, I like, you know. There wasn't that barrier to entry, right? Beyond it, like actually having like a lot of legitimate facts to back it up. It's like this should actually happen. Never heard of this case before. Mm-hmm. Miramichi, never heard of Miramichi before. Me neither. Okay, so that one, I'm like, okay, back on board. Three is the kid moves in, or kid lives next to a house that's kind of weird mm-hmm. and haunted. Has a weird experience when he's a kid. With a girl who goes missing, mm-hmm. and then her family just disappears out of nowhere. Okay, then new family moves in. He's like, "Something weird's going on in the house." Like, I gotta warn the the daughter who I'm also attracted to, <laughs> and like, we're doing that whole thing, and something's going on with her dad. Her dad's like. Maybe, maybe kind of into hunting, but he's also a dentist. But the house is haunted, right? But no, the dad is weird. Okay, I don't know. I'm inside. I'm investigating. Oh, there's a lot of animals around here. Like, what the hell? All of a sudden, I'm in a chair. All of a sudden, touch my daughter again. I'll rip your dick off. Just like, what? I'm like, that's that's the kind of thing that it's just like, it's sound, you say something that absurd because it's like, oh, well, that's like, that makes it more believable, right? Because nobody would say something that fucking ridiculous in that moment. Right. But you're also just like, I, I burst out laughing. I, uh, and then basically it's crazy dentist dad, like running around the house. Mom and daughter end up like they're bloody. They end up like running over to the neighbors. But then I can't remember anything for the next three days and the family disappears there's no record of it whatsoever. Like, like, what are we talking about here? Right. And this guy is listed as a doctor. So I do a quick Google search, which takes me to a Reddit link for somebody who did the actual like legwork, and uh, that 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 guy doesn't exist. He's not he's not a doctor. Like he does, there's no record. All of his links to his website, like dead end. He has one like LinkedIn page with one image. It's just like, who? Like, if this dude was a legit doctor, there would be some record of like him receiving that doctorate. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be able to search his name. The fact that his friend, his childhood friend, his name was Mike Myers. One of the few times we get a last name, I was just like. What like are you fucking kidding? Like are you guys fucking with me or not? Did you like are we are this? we having fun? Right or like and that was that could have been like an interesting tension to the show. Like we're playing with reality and like what is you know 
what do people buy into and like all of that sort of shit. But it, but it's not. It's just a lot of like really, you know, speculative first person narratives with exaggerated reenactments because they need to juice up stories that fundamentally are not there. It's like nothing happened, dude. Nothing yeah. happened in that situation. A family moved in and they moved out. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, the fourth one. The bunny man. I do like the bunny man. So, I, 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 I enjoyed the bunny man. I enjoyed the bunny man as well. Even though the bunny man is, like, patently ridiculous. And everything covered in here is just, like... It's it's essentially them trying to have like their own Mothman, right? A lot of people have had encounters with it. It's a chupacabra esque, Bigfoot esque, whatever you want to call it. Here's the thing with the Bunny Man, okay? At one point they're like, and he was never caught. He was never apprehended. Gavin apprehended and caught for what? <laughs> what did he do? Attempted murder? Maybe? Attempted murder? When? They they Attacking do the people at, they the, at do the car? The, okay, they do the reenactment where he reaches in and like grabs grabs at peop, at a couple in a car, okay? And then they run off from him. You read the actual account of this, the dude says, "Guy was wearing a damn bunny mask, like a white bunny mask." the woman is like, no, you, you're like, he had a weird collar on, but like, you're, you're misremembering. Like you're, you're fucking crazy. Like, no, you didn't get it right. Whatever. And it's just that they saw him. It's not even like, again, that's the reenactment takes, takes it to this crazy level right. or whatever. And then the whole, like, well, it was actually this piece of folklore from the early 1900s and there was a bunny man and he killed some children and then they chased him to the train tracks and yeah all of that shit a whole backstory that was just invented on like a fucking like conspiracy fan website in the 2000s i think when i looked this thing up or like in the 90s when you know all of this cryptozoological like you know your bigfoots your chupacabras all this stuff your local legends your lizards man lizard mans whatever we're all, you know, basically making their way from, like, the common passed-along folklore into, like, um, the internet age, mm -hmm. essentially. And people, like, connecting stories. People, you know, everybody has a different version of this sort of thing. Right. But fundamentally, nothing that they report in any of those is, like, this person was... Even the way they staged that whole, like, uh, yeah, we, we ran it, you know... We thought we saw a guy who was the bunny man. We we ran away. We were so scared. But the reenactment is like these kids, Stranger Things style, are like, we're right. going in here. It's going to be fucking cool. Don't be a pussy. Like, I'm like, <laughs> guys, chill out, kids. <laughs> these kids are like so happy to be able to say fuck on camera. They're like so into it. I'm just like, this is not the vibe. Anyways, they, uh, you know, they get chased by the bunny man. But again, Nothing happens. That he literally stops. Like on, I'm like, if that did play out the way you say it did, you children should be arrested. This, for this guy, exactly. I'm like, this guy just seems. And the whole, they're like, we think maybe it was just he wasn't happy with the land being taken over and like you know industrialization and blah blah blah. And I'm like, this guy seems like if he did exist, he was probably a mentally ill dude who like liked eating rabbits and like wanted to live off the land and like 
you probably should have just let him do it. He doesn't seem like he was actually causing anybody any harm. People were just freaked out by like, dude's got a bunny mask on. Like, but the, clearly it was just like, you know, a dude who probably had some mental illness and like didn't actually physically harm anyone. Mm-hmm. Also, when you read the accounts, which they, I felt like it was weird that they didn't do this. He spoke like in the scene where he's like trying to chop down those supports of mm-hmm. that new construction building or whatever. He says to the dude, like, if you come any closer, I'm going to cut you with this axe. He speaks to him out loud or whatever. And it's like, if you do that, it breaks attention because it's like, yeah, it probably was just a dude who was like, had some issues going on and was like, hey, don't fuck with me. Like, I'm out here doing my own thing. I like rabbits. Leave me the fuck alone. But he wasn't actively hunting anyone. No. Like, he just they happened to see him around town because it's like, he was the town weirdo. But he, again, he was just like, there for theater. They, he had no outlet again, for it. Dude, he had just, to dress up and the just do his thing. The idea that they're like, and they never caught him. He might still be out there. I'm like, he didn't do it. Like, what were you going to arrest him for? Right. Like, what did this man do? Right. He just, he's not paying his tax. He was the bunny man, dude. I just, he's got 14 children he's never paid for. I, so I heard <laughs> in, in my brief research on that one, so Lore, the Amazon series, which yeah. I never watched, I guess they did a Bunny Man thing. I think there it's was inherently a, a cool like visual and and concept. It's a fun thing to play around with, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but like, we're not, there's no actual like murders linked there's no crime to, here. there's no crime here. Yeah. It's just like, it's a town weirdo. Every town has a weirdo and a weird, like, legendary. We had Crybaby Bridge in Sumter. I don't even know what the, like, full... Where is that at? I don't know, somewhere out in the wood. I don't know. I went out there a couple times. Crybaby Bridge? I don't know. I mean, I know the Blizzard Man runs Bishopville. Like, you you got to pay a toll if you want to cross yeah, through Yeah, we're from the rural south. Like, there's a lot of weird shit out here. Yeah. But, you know. Talk about the Can Man. Up and down 521, 441, picking up cans. It's a nice old black gentleman. Great guy. Okay. But you could probably turn that into one. And he, and it, no matter what. And they never was, caught him. There was never, they never caught Sometimes if you go standing on 441 at night, you can hear cans rumbling in a bag on the back of a bicycle. <laughs> Is this spooky? Yeah. Is this a theater oh, of the so mind for you, baby? They said the last thing you hear is the popping of a top right before he gets you. Oh, yeah. God. Instead of the candy man, it's just the can man. <laughs> okay, now that's kind of eerie. If that you is. just did it kind of like... in the Yeah, alone in the middle of the night? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's the can man. <laughs> yeah. We had Black Salem, too. Like a haunt, like... A haunt, supposedly haunted church. I went out there a bunch with mom. There is a, the, definitely a creepy church that I was taken out to at one point. Had giant uh, columns on the front, little tiny cemetery nah, in the back. I think that was a, probably no this because this was near wherever this crybaby bridge was. I'd have to ask the guys. I don't remember the lore of this Cry place. Crybaby bridge. I don't know, man. We have to look it up. I feel, yeah. but again, I feel like oh, there's tons of small towns that have a crybaby bridge or the equivalent. Or yeah. The bridge in this one. Anyways, well, the only reason why I ever well, I ever went out and I ever gave any credence to like Salem Black River Church being haunted is because one night I took mom out there, right? And it's like, it's, you know, a nice 75 degrees. You know, we're getting, to, it's closer to Halloween. And I said, well, hey, we can just walk back here real quick because it's before they put the light up out there. So we open the cemetery gates and we start walking through. And as we get into the back, yes, it's, shaded but the sun is still out 
but it just got increasingly colder to where mom and I both like, we should have brought a jacket. I was like, I didn't think it was going to be this cold back here. It's like 75 out here. But like it was getting, it dropped a good, like more than honestly, hand to God, more than it, than it would have just being in the shade. It wasn't like, oh no, it's like 70. It's like, no, it's more like 60 degrees in here, like a 15 degree drop from the front of that cemetery to the dead back where we were. And mom and I were like, okay, you want to, you, you, should we go? I'm like, yeah, we should go. And it just, it got, we just had, both of us had this weird, creepy feeling and we had like, you know, the, the intense drop and it being cold. Uh, okay, Gavin, I'm going to stop you right there because clearly, clearly what you're trying to tell me is you, you and your mother, you were, you were literally, you were quite literally dragged from the woods <laughs> across, across the, the wooded floor as if a force was pulling you and it was, it was chilling and you, you were very scared. We and barely it, made it out with our lives. That That's more like it, right? Yeah. That's more kind of how exactly it happened. What happened. Okay, that's what we're going to go shoot, okay? All right. I'll be all right with that. And we went back there, and guess what? <laughs> was, and you know what? If you're not okay with it, it doesn't matter, because we're going to edit this in such a way where uh, it's going to seem like you said that this is what happened, but you never actually said that this is what happened, okay? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck the audience. <laughs> They're fucking dumb. <laughs> They're dumb as dog shit. They'll buy any fucking thing we sell them. <laughs> you think they're doing this for a bunch of fucking rubes I tell you <laughs> the screwballs have spoken you think they're doing this for suburban screams they hear from Five Nights at Freddy we gotta give them something We're to entice them just luring them in this is a placeholder ten million dollars we got John Carpenter's name that's all we need I mean you got Johnny Carpenter you got no complaints you think you, you think he gives a fuck about his name these days? Hey Johnny, how are you? <laughs> he's cashing checks. He's buying the new Assassin's Creed over here. <laughs> he's got basketball to watch. I forgot he does like basketball. That's pretty dope. He's got. I just love the screenplays idea, but... to not read and movies to not make. But who could blame him? My God, after the lifetime of work that man's no done. No judgment over here. No judgment whatsoever. Okay. So what if the ward was 2010, almost 25 years, 15 years ago? I don't know how we get into these voices. I don't, I don't know either. Okay, it's very easy to get out of them, though. You just got to stop doing reality. Okay, so the fifth one is what I was alluding to, where, again... I think at the core of this is just like, it's sad. Like, lady wanted to move out of you know shitty neighborhood in the inner city in D.C., moves to the suburbs, and like, you know things just things just don't go her way. But I don't think any. Again, I'm like I don't think anything is actually happening here. <laughs> like, you like, need to get off my land. Like the yeah. whole neighborhood is haunted. Again, another thing where I'm just like, in the reenactments. You're showing us that your your mother, the reason that she left, is because she saw an old white man in a rocking chair from the 1600s saying, you're not welcome here, you're not welcome here, and that's what made her want to leave. And then your but, husband... But you didn't say any of that at any point in the reenactment. Or right. any point in the interview, that's just what the reenactment is showing us: is that apparently at all times you guys were being haunted by the colonizers of the native land. Not They're the, the ones who are pissed off at you for being in their house. And I was just like, 
wait, what? I was like, I, this, I'm, again, I'm like, this makes no sense. I think, I was like, I think your husband either was abusing drugs and was hiding it from you. Probably. Or alcohol. And that's why he seemed like he was a different person. Mm-hmm. And he either, or he did have the heart disease diagnosis. He didn't know how to tell you about it. You were all worked up about this other stuff going on. And it didn't matter to and him. he was just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. So he left. And your older daughter was like, this is wild. Your younger daughter bought into the delusion of all this because she was a small child when this was going on. But I was, again, I'm just like, this just sounds like you were having a rough patch in your life. And you conflated a lot of it. But the same sort of thing where it's like, all of a sudden, he had all these pimples on his back. And then when you cut to the reenactment, there's maggots crawling out of, like, you know, like, pustules on his back. I'm like, that's not that's not what she said. That's not, like... This isn't a bot fly infestation. Like, I'm just, like, here. I mean, I'm, da- I'm here for the Cronenberg body horror, but that's not what she said happened. Right. right. And I'm just like, it's just these... they. Again, I'm like, don't insult my intelligence. You're trying to, you're trying to just like do this slight little like connective tissue edit sort of thing where it's like, oh, okay. So they're talking, they're talking, they're talking and we cut to the reenactment. And so clearly this is like the continuation of the story. And you're like, well, no, this is like, you guys needed to juice up what in most cases were, you know, Subpar campfire stories. Nothing that could be corroborated. Now, okay. I do. She gets out of the situation. There's a nice little coda to that one. So, you know. Well, I would have loved it if, like, they did cut, and it's just, like, in the reenactment, they cut over, and there's, like, William Knife Man. And he's, oh, fellow minority, you're okay to stay here. Fuck these guys. They can can fuck off. They're on our land. We don't mind you being on our land. You can stay. You know, like, that would have been great. But yeah, I and yeah, that one yeah. If, again, again, one of those that like if you want to if you want to take the leap of faith, if you're a person who's naturally like, you know, goes for this sort of thing, maybe it's easier for you to buy into. I don't know. I don't think of myself as a particular like skeptic. It's just when you're presenting something to me as like these are true life survivors, these are real stories, and then I'm like, but what did they survive other than maybe some like a mentally taxing period of their life? where maybe they conflated a series of unfortunate events with some curse or some greater thing. That The whole thing with that one was the haunted neighborhood. I was like, we never got anything with the neighbors. Yeah, and you didn't tell me what decade this was. Because if you'd have told me this was the 80s, there I'd have been like, so no, many everybody was doing crack. just like ultra, ultra fucking vague. Yeah. Uh, okay. We move into the last one, which again, I want to give it points because it's Carpenter, etc. But again, for me, it's just like, I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm not trying to say, like, you know, you're making a mountain out of molehill. But we're meant to believe that you have been stalked for six years. And the note you leave this on is like, because he still hasn't gotten what he wants, which is to kill me. And I'm not saying that this that this stuff does not happen, that people are not like long form stalked, et cetera, or whatever. But I'm like, six years of messages to your phone off and on. It's kind of vague about like he always comes back into my life. Blah blah blah. Okay. 
six years six years of this she mentions like i've changed my number but he always finds me it's like okay so he's got to be some tech dude i called the police but the detective was hitting on me because everybody's just so interested okay okay i was like first of all i don't think they would send a detective i just don't for the circumstances they maybe send out like a, a black and white yeah to to take a statement Again, if I about knew what's what, been exactly going where on you with were, you. And I knew the police department. I could check and see like what happened. Right. I get a FOIA request. But again, you've been, you've been stuck for six years off and on phone calls, text messages. Okay. You've changed your number multiple times. He always finds your new number. Mm-hmm. Never seen this guy in person. Never had any kind of physical contact with him, interaction. But, but yet... The reenactment wants you to believe that, like, oh, he sent me photos of, like, him inside the front seat of my car with his dick out. Okay. Lock your doors. That's what they they show you in the picture. But then it's just, she's like, um, yeah, what was I, I just, I I don't really want to speak about blah, blah, blah. It's just, she's, she doesn't even say out loud, like, what type of, and again, she says from the get-go, I can show you all these messages. And I'm like, oh, please do. Mm-hmm. Please do. You say you have the phone right here. Like, if you're getting these fucked up pictures that he's sending you of, like, your face distorted and shit, and you have that on your phone, show it to me. Or is that a, an exaggeration for the reenactment? Like, mm-hmm. what? The, what is the there there? Because, again, I'm like, yes, it's, I guess, stalking harassment. Like, digi- in the digital era, which is interesting, but would be really interesting when you found out it was her best friend, guy friend the entire time. Like, it was really the du- The dude who's literally being there. interviewed? Yeah, it was yes. him. Who's, yes. I, my money is on that it was it, it was and is him. To make himself, like, you know... To give himself an in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which makes more logical sense yeah. than anything else. Because when it's it like, hits the 10-year uh, mark, he'll be like, I've always been there for you. I'm, it's just you and me. Like, we don't have to get married, but we could just be together. It'd be a partnership, <laughs> you know? I've always protected you. And shortly after she agrees to like go out with him or sleep with him or whatever, all the stalking stuff's going to stop and she's never going to put it together. You know? And she alludes to like, you're thinking about who it might be. Maybe it could be a woman. You start thinking about wives and girlfriends. And I'm like, so you're just out there like just fucking around on like a lot of different people. I'm like, again, and they have the moment where the detective tells her like, Oh, you maybe should, you know, take better care of the people you date or like you know date a better class of people etc or whatever like it's hilarious that the reenactment is almost commenting more on like the actual person in the interview segment than it right you know. i i don't know man another one where i'm, I'm like i feel like we're just we're kind of grasping at straws for like drama here all the fake out scenes of like and again it, i know he directed this basically over zoom um but yeah, there's there's moments when she thinks she's being stalked in her office or whatever, and it turns out to just be her ex who's also there, who you know is kind of possibly a red herring as well. But there's moments where I'm like, okay, it's cool, and I I liked the score throughout yeah. the whole series. It was just, yeah, I wanted there. You want him to be putting his name on like the HBO version of the show, not the Peacock half-assed version that that we got i think personally this was a you think he owed universal something 
You think he like had a back catalog, some kind of deal somewhere? He never. No, went I mean, again, I would like. To, I don't know if we'd ever get the. You know, I think politely in interviews, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I just. I'm curious. He's pretty pretty upfront, so I'm curious. He was on Colbert tonight, so I presumably he'll talk about it. But huh. I'm curious just how it came about because I refuse to believe that it was birthed from him alone. I, I, I think it was very much a series that was already in the works and then they, they slapped his name on it. I Whether mean, he would admit to that or not. That's what I like to think in my own little head canon, though. Speaking of canon, you watched that canon documentary, the same one I did, right? Yeah, Lecture yeah. Boogaloo? Yeah, so they blatantly say in there, some of these movies were made to fail because like, they owe people money and they had to write off, they had to write off right. cocaine debt and stuff. You know, yada, yada, yada. So there is still always that underlining thing for me in Hollywood is like sometimes you just got to make some shit because you need it to not make, you need a loss. Sometimes you got to make and not release bad girl just because. Right. You know, sometimes you got to make and not release Chuck Hank and the Sunday San Diego twins because you got to write off. It's just too big. Yeah. It's too too big. big. The world's not ready for it. You know, that's what we need to make. We need to make a movie. About like the apocalypse, and then two brothers find this movie, and they Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins, like finished but never got to be released, and so that's what they released to the world to show like the world people like what the world used to be like, and how great it was, <laughs> you know. All of the world was just like gangs fighting or whatever. It's I don't know what's going on. In the movie I haven't seen it. Been made apparently haven't been released. We invented an entire post-apocalyptic society. Just off of the lost film, Chucking and San Diego Twins. Like yeah. an entire society is built around what's represented in that movie that right. we still have not seen. Right. What we've seen in the trailer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty dope. That would be like the most niche of niche mm-hmm. movies. But if we put it out. But if we put it out before they released right. Chucking. Uh, then we got, and we instantly made that the movie a cult, a cult classic. Yes. Retrospective. I mean, uh, retroactively. Yes can't believe we invoked it again uh, yeah this is truly a cursed episode okay so that was suburban screams uh we started out with it because i gotta be honest is the weakest of the bunch uh, D- right, I, the weakest. I think uh yeah moving along this has become almost an annual tradition it seems like we're gonna get one at least every year if not every other year vhs 1985 or just 85, 85. Uh, this one, of course, was released directly to Shudder. Which is great. And, I'll uh, take a new one every year. Yeah, I'm totally down. Uh, apparently the next one, space. <laughs> All space stuff. Hmm. Which I think is cool. Yeah, totally. Theme it out. Uh, okay, I'm just pulling up so we can get uh, yeah. director's names, names of the shorts, etc., etc. Okay. VHS 85. What? You want to just go segment by segment? Yeah. Well, I want to save the wraparound. Because, yeah, I want to, because I want to save it. So, I believe chronologically, we open with Mike P. Nelson's No Wake. Okay. Which I gotta say, I was kind of like, really? Yeah. This is what we're opening with? Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? Uh, so, 
Mike P. Nelson, I gotta say, I have not seen any of his prior work, hmm. but he did the Wrong Turn reboot in 2021. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I think that. was pretty well regarded. That was pretty good, actually. I enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, and then he also, in 2018, did a movie called The Domestics, which uh, looks like a horror sci fi action thriller. The Domestics. Released by Orion Classics. Let's get a plot description. In the weeks following an apocalyptic event, a husband and wife venture across the countryside inhabited by deadly factions in search of safety and must work together as they are pushed to the breaking point in order to survive. The poster looks very... Uh, Is that Kate Bosworth? You see the poster? Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty vibey. That is Kate Bosworth. All right. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I might have to check it out. Tyler Hecklin from, uh, I believe he was, he's played Superman at some point. He is Superman uh, now. Lance Reddick. Oh, okay. David Desmolchin. Dude, this might have one... to give this one a spin. I might go find this one soon. Uh, it looks like it's only buyable right now, unfortunately. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, and maybe I'll give the wrong turn. Uh, so, initially, No Wake, the first segment... Uh, again, spoilers for all of this stuff. I mean, we just we just went through all of Suburban Screams. Uh, but yeah, spoilers for VHS 85. So No Wake is the one where they go out on the boat and then essentially, like, it's just a bunch of people getting gunned down. Right. And you're kind of like, what the hell was that? And then, uh, but nobody actually died. And you're right. like, oh. No, a couple people died. A couple people did. The people who didn't get in the water. And right. And you're like, Okay. Oh, we're gonna hunt this person down, and then we cut away from that. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, intriguing, but like, that was weird. Okay. Yeah. Weird note to to open with, but whatever. Let's see where this goes. So then, if I'm not mistaken, is is God of Death next? No, it's uh, well. There's a. Are you wanting to like keep the total copy prologue? Thing? That's what like, I said. The wraparound that... we're we're okay. saving. Yeah, then God saving. of Death is next. You're right. Yeah, so God of Death. Uh, that was actually Saul Guerrero. Uh, this one I I enjoyed, and as much as I feel like it's her on a on a budget, like basically showing or stretching her legs, like here's what I could do with like a disaster movie sort of setup. It's a nice kind of like just effects driven one. Uh, but to me, takes a little, a little long for my taste to get to the payoff that you actually want, which is like you know, the Mayan demon like, yes. coming out and everything. So that chunk I really liked. Uh, you know, felt like it was a little long in the tooth to actually get there. I have not seen any of her movies, but I mainly know her from uh, from the Hundred and One Scariest Movie Moments that Shutter just did, right? Where she provided a lot of like awesome commentary, but she did uh, El Gigante from. Uh, 2014 uh into the dark and then she did that uh she's not the one who did the um she do bingo yeah she did bingo uh, hell bingo hell yeah 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 i love that i love that chick shouldn't uh in search of darkness three she was all over that oh she's in the third one of that as well yeah she's uh but yeah she's dope man so yeah enjoyed that one not you know not like an absolute banger or anything but then uh the next one was the tk no god yeah that one was pretty fucking creepy uh which i enjoyed that's the performance art one yeah 
uh, I know, I like, I saw ending. a lot the of people. The fucking ending was great. That's what I was going to say. A lot of people, like, hated on this one, or I saw this one as kind of derided as the worst of the bunch this time out. Mm-mm. Hard disagree, where I was just like, no, I love, like, I loved the whole, like, we're doing a performance art thing on, like, you know, oh, technology, and, like, you got to, you know, turn it off, all this different shit, and then literally. The payoff. There is no God. I was like, oh no, there is. Yeah. The Trust payoff me. of her like fighting the digital team. And I was just like, okay, this is cheesy. And it went from cheesy to like ridiculously awesome and amazing, like yes. brutal practical effects. Yes. Like very quickly. And I was like, that the payoff to that one was super fun. Oh yeah. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so probably one of my favorites. I think then we move back into Ambrosia. Which ties in. Which is the payoff to No Wake, which is basically, hey, the people who were killing off the characters in that one are part of a. Refresh my memory. I'm sorry, it's been like a week or two. So it starts like out. A, and it starts out, and they're like at a family reunion. Somebody's got a Betamax BH, whatever it is, and it, a girl does, and they're getting everything ready. And basically, it's like this whole family reunion. Like they have to like. Everybody in this family oh, has to kill somebody. The seven. Yeah, you have to kill at least seven people. Because they, they mark the trailer right. that we see earlier. It's like marked in blood or whatever. Right. But yeah, it's they have to kill their take their seven victims or whatever. Right, with whatever. But of course, the catch is hers aren't dead or they're undead now. Mm-hmm. So she didn't actually hit her number. Well, and no, well, also, no, the, the whole, well, my favorite part of it is that like she goes outside at one point and like, there's little kids playing around with a water gun. Oh, the pain. And they're I like, they're, they're shooting, yes. they get, they shoot her, she gets wet. And she's like, oh my God, what did she goes, where'd you even get that? It's like, from those people? What people? The people in the Winnebago? What Winnebago? And you see the van from like, you know, whatever. You see that driving off and instantly in my head, I'm like, oh fuck. Like they made, and I'm thinking like, why would they make, cause you don't, you don't have the payoff that there's has to be murders yet. You, you right. just see them. You're like, okay, wait a minute. This is time back in. And they cut to back later where, like, somebody's come back in. It's like, I couldn't find them. I don't know where they went. Obviously, and she's like, okay, like, obviously, for whatever reason, she knows that, like, what she's about to do and show her family is, like, her killing these people. Yeah. And she thinks they're all dead, but she's internally like, fuck, I didn't get them all. Like, somebody from there is still alive. So she starts showing this video to this room full of people about, like, you know, what's going on with her or whatever, whatever. And like, Oh, these are the people I killed. And they're all like, this is so great. This is so great. And then come out. We have you surrounded. Like, Oh fuck. The cops are here. And they instantly turn into like fucking, um, it's basically branch Davidians. Basically turns into the end of red state. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, and the mom comes in. It's like, remember, shoot yourself in the face. You don't want to be taken alive. And so they do all this. And I love it. Cause like, you know, she's, she kills the people. She waits as long as she can to kill a couple people and tries to shoot herself. And then it's later when, like, they're coming in with the, you know, the EMTs and stuff. And you realize, wait a minute, she was shot with that water gun. So this bitch ain't dead. And she comes back to life and you're like, oh, yes. Yeah, now no. she's going to get it even worse because she's just going to fucking spend the rest of her life in prison. Yes. Completely taken away from you. It's such a fucking good payoff. And, and when you may- don't see what, you don't know what has happened, where are these other people at? Are they still going to have these, are they going to be deformed and have these 
like injuries for the rest well, of their life. Yeah, you, the fact we don't that know. you think it's going to be like, oh, okay, they're they get to come back and take creepy vengeance. I thought it was going to be like they're all going to come through the house. They're undead, so they're just going to like kill all these like you know evil hunter cult people or whatever. Uh, but then the payoff that it was like, no, they're taking it over the comic. It was like even more fucked up. Yeah. Uh, yes, very very satisfying. Took the opening and like. And the way they spaced it out within this one, I was like, one of the more. I don't think we've ever done. No, a, I don't think you've done a done back to that. Back. We've yeah. done, you know, we've done wraparounds where you build, but we haven't done a a split segment essentially. So that was a, a nice way to play with the format. Yeah, I love okay. it. The video, the the video, but and again, if you're, I I appreciate that if you haven't been following along, the end of like the video reel of that one shows them filling up the little water gun with that water from the lake. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The casual person's like, huh? That may have not paid attention to like, there was a Winnebago van thing in the first one. They do still spell it out for you pretty cleanly. Like, yeah, it would be super fucked up to kill these people. But what would be even worse is to like, make them immortal. Yeah, to do what she did to us, which is exactly what they say they're going to do. But yeah, that doesn't necessarily well, register they don't, the see, first the thing, time. They don't know. You're like, oh, they're going to go shoot her. Right. Not, oh, not, oh, well, yeah. hey, now we know that you can survive. So like, Let's get some of this water. Yeah. And okay. You know, go to town. So let's let's go ahead and just hit the I mean you're you're lucky when we get a new one of these if you get an all timer. Right. And I think we got one. I think we arguably got two. Yeah. Uh but the one I was most excited for, and I think the one that it's hard to argue is not the highlight segment. They obviously place it there for a reason. Scott Derrickson's Dream Kill. Yes. Fucking ruled. Uh I mean What are you, what are you looking at? The writer who wrote it. Because he's the guy that wrote Sinister and he wrote Sinister Two. He was yeah. in Rules of Attraction, weirdly enough. But he wrote um he also wrote the Black Phone, which Derrickson directed. So I was just looking up the writer to see what else he had written. Oh, Robert Cargill, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's what I was looking up. He's his co-writer, right? That's his boy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's his co-writer on all of his stuff, including Doctor Strange. Right. Uh But yeah, I don't know if they go back to like the the Hellraiser days or not. Uh, but anyways, yeah. It. I mean, it has. Basically, the evol—I don't know—evolution, de-evolution, continuation of what everybody kind of loved and also hated about Sinister, which is like those absolutely terrifying tapes. Yeah, and we get those in this, and they're—they're—they're they're, they're super fucking effective. Dude, dude, <laughs> I don't know. I some mean, of the like, I mean, they're—they're they're bone chilling. He does this better than like pretty much anybody at this point. Yeah, um, it's a combination of like. It's, it's not even Carpenter. It's it's uh, it's more Bob Clark and like Michael Mann. It's more like Manhunter meets like Black Christmas or something. Yeah. Um, and just the way the sound design more yeah, than anything. More, yeah, what, yeah. the way he mixes all of this stuff is just so. The second they start, um, it, and it's so. Did you ever watch Skin of a Rink? I did. We never really talked about it. Maybe we'll get into that one in a bit. Did you watch it like a while ago? 
You didn't watch it. You haven't watched it this month. I should probably watch it again this month. You're willing to watch it again, so that I guess that tells me at least a little bit how you felt about it. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed it for what it was. Like, I mean, I got you. Yeah. The idea of Derrickson making something like that—that's what I was going to say. So that audio heavy. that would not give you any respite. That would almost be like you'd be trapped in that feeling the whole time. Right. Like I feel like he could sustain it, but I feel like it would be unwatchable for me personally. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, this again it's the most effective sequence in here, and I, I was like. I would like to see this one fleshed out, the concept of it, uh-huh. the setup and everything. And, like, we get James Ransom, again, one of his boys, mm-hmm. and uh, Freddie Rodriguez coming in. You get the nice twist. I kind of knew where it was headed. I was a little ahead of the twist, if you will. Mm-hmm. But it still worked. It played out well. Um, and then the reveal of the kid. But I was just like, dude, this is really cool. And I like that it went almost full on, like, exploitation movie at the oh, end. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was which fun. was a nice little, you know. I was like, oh, he can do this mode too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just super satisfying segment. I can't imagine anybody comes away thinking that that was not one of, you know, one of the best of the franchise thus far. To me, it goes right up there with, you know, some of the classics from, from two and one. So, uh, yeah. And then we have the wraparound segment from, oh my gosh. Rory, the creepy thing. Yes, I was trying. David Bruckner, excuse me, who, of course, did the Night House. He did the Hellraiser remake, which I liked a lot. I know you were less less hyped on it. No, I just he also did uh, the Ritual, Southbound. Uh, He worked on the Creep Show show for Shudder. That did the Signal back in the day. Yeah, and he's been a producer on on the VHS movies, but. This one was, uh, again, ran through the entire. Ran through the entire movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of a kind of a riff on the thing, kind of, sort of, but like a little bit more of a comedic take on it. Definitely, and it's a long payoff. But I, I, I do always love the doctor or mad scientist who's like, you know goes beyond the pale and is so committed to its creation or like understanding the thing they're working on. Like they can't see where it's all headed, even though everybody around them is telling them like, you know, this is not looking good. This is (laughs) not great. He just denies it up until the very end. I don't know. I always find that very satisfying (laughs) for some reason. Uh, But the payoff of like, you know, manipulating the corpses and doing the like jazzercise shit. Uh-huh. Like that that was just a fun way to end it. Uh and some cool, like weird practical effects. And the whole aesthetic of this uh like evening Foot. news like feature that we're seeing. Right. Uh, and tapes that have never been released before. Yeah. yeah. Just I very, like very, very cool. I like the vibe. Uh yeah, those two were the highlights for me. I almost I, I get that that one, if you played it straight through, it would feel like very choppy, so it naturally works as the wraparound, but I think it's inarguably like the best wraparound since one, right? Gotta be. Yeah. So 
overall, for me, huge improvement over 99. Yeah, way better than 99. I'll even um, say a little bit better than 94. I wasn't too thrilled with 94. I'd have to go back and kind of think through. I think each of those had, like, a segment. Right. But uh, none of them, none of them come of, like, anywhere two. close to Dream Kill to me. And, yeah, no, none of them. I also, I don't think I ever watched Viral. Uh, I think yeah, that's the only so one. I, that's what I was gonna say. I think that's but the there's only probably, one. But there is probably one good one in there. You're like, holy fuck, that was great. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, uh, I'd have to go back and look, but I could t- probably figure it out. It also reminds me that like Timo Tanjanto, who, who or Tan- I'm probably butchering that last name, who did my other two favorite segments. It's the the cult one from VHS two, which is like. I think inarguably the best segment of the entire franchise. You could debate it, but that's my favorite. Um, it's up there with me next to the. Uh, I really, <coughs> I really like the Halloween party one, and they're all going out, and then it's like they're they're they got to save the girl from like the the ritual thing, and it's like, oh no, those were the good guys. <laughs> they were gonna like do their thing to kill her because she is like a malevolent witch, and you know she leaves them on the train tracks at the end. I I, I that, and the, that's Ben Wheatley's right. I think that's so. The kill yeah. this guy. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, that was brilliant. I thought that was great. Is that and, in two? I don't know if it's in two or one. I don't know. I need they to all go kind back. of blend together, honestly. They do, yeah. In uh, a good way. I mean, I think one has pound for pound the best, like, start to finish. There's not a ton of weak ones in the bunch. Uh, two, maybe a little less so, but two's highs are so high. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you really can't go wrong with either of those. And it does just remind me, I need to kind of like look and see what some of those people have gone on to do. Uh, obviously, one of the segments, Kids vs. Aliens, was blown out earlier this year. That's on, I think you watch it on Shutter now. But that was an outgrowth of the end segment of the first one. The mm-hmm. guy who did uh, Hobo with a Shotgun, etc. So yeah, uh, but yeah, it seems like it's it, headed in the right direction. Vincent and, they, Vincent and Moorhead have one on viral that I think oh, you, you would like. Oh, okay. I yeah. that would, yeah. I would definitely just go back to see and watch it for it that. Just for that. Yeah. Absolutely, because you still have you don't really have any repeats of anybody from there, but still. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the one I remember the most that I, I, being like, okay, that's probably, like, the one from VHS. Oh yeah, okay, it is. Okay, you so, you just gotta watch it. It's really I, good. I will check that out. And uh, we will move along to the highlight of, uh, to me at least, the highlight of Spooky Season. We got a new Mike Flanagan show. I have to ask you, Noah. Is all of what we see but a dream within a dream? Or seem, dog. Or seem, with, yeah. I just want to say see because like we got this. Mrs. Visual. Minton would be so disappointed. She would. Uh, I told you I ran into her and Larry like six, seven months ago in Food Line. Yes. We're doing good. That's good to hear. Yeah. Okay. Right. You know who else would be upset? Bob Brown. Rest, God rest his soul. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The fall of the House of Usher. You, dude, dude, speak. Oh, Please okay. yeah. talk. The, yeah, the fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> What'd um, you think? <laughs> probably my second favorite Flanagan. I think I'm right there with Midnight you. Midnight Mass is still the, the best he's Absolutely. ever been. Absolutely. Agreed. I d- Television wise, we can get we can debate film later on, but I would say probably Doctor Sleep, because um, I don't know many other films he's made. Maybe I've seen him and I just don't know. But yes, for all these, because like I didn't do, I I halfway got into like Dude, Hill House, Ouija Two, Electric Boogaloo, 
Yeah. Dope movie. I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. Okay. But yeah, it's the second one. He didn't do the first one, but he did Ouija 2 Origin of Evil, I believe. Hmm. So good. It's a period piece, which I did not know going into it. Hmm. It's got like some of his, his troupe. Henry Thomas is in it. It's good, man. Okay. It's good. Yeah. Well, no, no, that's the thing. It's like, I didn't... I was Hush, obviously. I do. I, we I talked about Hush. Hush was so fucking good, dude. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, okay, I've seen some of his stuff, but still, I'd say probably Doctor Sleep be my my favorite movie of his thus far. Oh, like, I'd agree. The first yeah, one, sure. the the first haunting thing he did was it Bly Manor or was Haunting it Hill? of Hill House was the okay, first I've, one I've, of the Netflix I, run. I got. I literally, I was like, in and out, paying attention every couple episodes because like Bex was watching it. And I don't think we watched it around Halloween. I think she just had it on at some point. So I didn't really equate that. And then Blind Manor comes around. I'm like, oh, wait, is this like... And I ask her, I'm like, is this like the people who did the Hill House? When she's like, well, some people are in it. Some people aren't. Again, I'm Mike Flanagan is not on my radar at this point, right? Right. Okay, so then we move into... After that's what, Midnight Mass? After Blind Manor? Yeah. Because it's Blind yes. Manor, Midnight Mass... The Midnight Club? Was that his thing last year? Yeah. I didn't see that one. That might be great. I don't know. I haven't seen it. That's good. Um, but like Midnight Mass comes out and I'm on board. And all of a sudden, I got to find out who this Flanagan dude is. You right. Know? And like, I start to realize like, oh shit. Like, okay. This guy's like, this dude's a real deal. And then I start seeing him in like docs and stuff. And I'm like, that is not what I expected. Yeah, I expect not the not the vibe you necessarily. He's get totally from his Rob Reiner, dude. Like he's got right. a full on Rob Reiner. I make dope shit vibe, but like I I I'm a horror god. But you wouldn't you could come up to me in the grocery store, and it's like I made the Princess Bride too. You know, it's like one of those things. You're like I'm waiting that, I mean, to find and that. weirdly like the Rob Reiner comp, and I honestly I I feel like a lot of Frank Darabont in him as well. Uh huh. But it's like. It's the thinking man's horror. It's the like the reason I like Stephen King is because I like the themes and the characters, not right. necessarily all the wild, crazy plot shit. Um, but yeah, and that's that's kind of been. I, I mean, you you teased it in our previous episode, but it's like, to to my mind, like he is the dude, the definitive horror dude, because yeah, it's like people wanted to peg robert eggers with that right after the witch and he you know made two movies almost immediately to be like i i do other things i'm not just the horror guy but now he's I'm the history Nos- guy he's now the he's history ma- guy now he's making nosferatu he's so the, you know he, what are you gonna do he's just the hist- then, he's the history guy and then ari aster same thing two horror movies out of the gate they want to peg him as like you're no it's you you're the guy you're the new voice of horror he's like yeah i'm gonna make both afraid nightmare comedy different thing change it up jordan peele you're you're the horror guy you're the hard guy. Get out. Us. He's like, all right, I'm going to make note, but like, I'm doing like sci-fi, action, summer, spectacle, like with horror elements, but mm-hmm. like, I'm not just, not just horror, dude. I do different stuff. But Flanagan has been like committed to the genre. Yeah. 100% basically m- all of his professional career. Yeah. I don't think there's been a single like thing that isn't, doesn't work within the genre, but he's always trying to elevate, but not in the way that makes a lot of people cringe, not in the elevated horror 
sense of the word. You know what I mean? Wasn't there a joke about it's, elevated you know, horror in Rot Hall House Pusher? Possibly. There was a, uh, this might, <laughs> you might find this crazy. There was a lot of content in these eight episodes. They were very dense. Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue. So I'm sure like a lot of the source material. I'm sure some of those short gave stories up at some point. are pretty fucking like, you know, layered you know, and they got a lot of I, shit in them. I also don't know, like we're in October. You could have rewatched Scream 5 or 6, no. both of which I'm sure refer to elevated horror. They were making point. a specific joke about something that exists. And I thought, ha that's funny. This is him making a comment on elevated horror. Right. He, so it had to be in that. It was in that show. I know somewhere. Gotcha. But he he very much has established like his own style and approach to like he has his own brand at this point. Yeah. And it's very interesting that this is the final nail in the Netflix coffin, if you will. His exclusivity deal is done with them. I think there was a little bit of bad blood over however things went with Midnight Club. I don't know because um, I think that was meant to be multiple seasons. It mm-hmm. definitely feels that way because you're like. You're like maybe two episodes from the finale and you're kind of like, well, I, f- I could see a trajectory where we get a satisfying end to this. And then you're like one episode away from the finale and you're like, yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. I think this is going to like, mm-hmm. and then they unceremoniously canceled it. He kind of released like a here's what would have happened thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think Usher was already set up. And now he is moved over to Amazon. So I, I think wait. all future projects will be through them. I but I think wait. we're going to get some maybe standalone movies in addition Hopefully. to series, which will be like maybe even like theatrical releases because they do produce a lot of like, you know, I, I don't know, but stuff that'll be exclusive on there. One other note. I don't know how much you know about the backstory of the production. It's just because I was semi aware of this one. Do you know who was originally supposed to play Roger Gusher? Franklin Jell. Okay. And I don't know if you remember there I can't even remember what the details were, but he did something on set. Whoa, whoa, wait. That was wait, wait. I was right? Yeah. I t- <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, I pulled Frank Langella out of nowhere because you said something about the box. It's, in, it's the next box. I had no idea Frank Langella was even attached to that shit, dude. He was originally supposed to play Roger Usher. I don't know how far into production, but apparently, and let me let me look. I, I don't want to. What did the old man say that upset everybody? I can't remember what this one was. It's either, I need to look it up. Yeah, please do. Vamp, vamp in the meantime. But I say that to say. Bruce Greenwood. Can you imagine? No, 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 anyone no, no. playing that no, role? No, other sir, than Sir Bruce Greenwood. Yes, no. We're putting a Sir on his name now. He's not even British. I don't give a shit. The, he has oh, okay. to win the Best Actor in a Limited Series for this. the The role of his career, dude. I have loved him in literally everything he's ever done, but this is it, dude. This is the showcase for that man. Holy shit. Talk for Bruce Green, dude. Bruce Greenwood, man. Like, and every man. Like, I think I first remember him from Father's Day, but the one that I really remember him in, the one where I'm like, this dude, like this dude's something different, is disturbing behavior. Science is God. It's fine. There'll be another town, another like you know, just all this different shit. But like, it blows my now that we're you know that you're looking it up, it does blow my mind. One, that I was able to pull Franklin Jell out of nowhere. I don't know why, I know why that name was in my head, 
But like, I don't know why I just spit that out of all people, but you're right. Like there, I cannot think of a single other person. I would be, if I had to choose, I could see maybe, maybe if you had to push, come to shove it, uh, wasn't, was it Timothy Hutton? Wasn't he in one of them? Like the haunting of Hill House? Like maybe him, you know, like coming back for it possibly. But I can't think of any other actor like that I could see in that role that just that it works again. Mm, we just saw him in it. So maybe, you know, maybe Brian Cox, cause we just saw that. But like, I don't think he goes to the same, like that one that's pigeonholing Two, I don't think he goes to the same, but like the fucking, the way that he breaks down, um, fucking like business, like, Oh, you got this. Oh, the, fucking, I mean, the lemonade speech, lemonade, which is yeah, fucking lemonade. Like, yeah. The and, most memed and will be kind of, I think, independent of any of the scares in this show or any of the set pieces, that is the one, like, monologue sequence that, like, people are kind of taking from this series as, like, that shit was, like, next level, dude. Yeah. That was some incredible writing, incredible delivery. Uh, that was that was one of the best monologues. And I, I'm going to bet you, dude, he did it one memory. take straight. One take, fucking done and done. We don't need another one, Bruce. No more coverage. You're good. Okay. Got it. The be. Langella thing, we don't know what actress, but it was somebody involved with the production who he, I guess, was verbally inappropriate with, and there was some physical, like, uh, touching that made them uncomfortable. Nothing, like, explicit or whatever. I couldn't remember because there's... I can't remember if this is him, or it could be F. Marie Abraham, who I think also had some weird shit on set. One of them... The case was like the dude was just kind of loudly proclaiming and and asking other people about their sex lives and stuff. And it's like, dude, you're eighty. Like that nobody sounds, wants to hear dude, about you fucking dude. That, that sounds, sounds like, like F. Murray like Abraham, one hundred percent. When it you hear, because like, like yeah, when you hear about how he acted on the set of Scarface when they told him that he had got nominated for fucking Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> I totally believe that dude was like, you want to know who I fucked last night? You ever done this to a girl? Yeah, I or think that's F. Marie Abraham. Who that's got to be him, dude. There was some issue with him recently. I don't know. These old guys who was just like, guys, you just got to button it up, okay? Yeah. Like, it's a different world now. I get that you, like, you know, just whatever. But all I say all that to say, I just don't understand why it wasn't Bruce Greenwood to begin with. I right. just like it's baffling me. Well, I don't maybe, know how far maybe, through production they were. Well, here's the thing, but maybe that is like holdover from like I'm done with Netflix. It's like I want Bruce Greenwood. We're not paying for Bruce Greenwood. Langella owes us something. He's gonna do it. Well, I don't want him. I don't care. This uh, who, is who you're putting in there. Like maybe that's maybe that's knows? the thing that Bruce, he wanted. Maybe Bruce he wanted Bruce Greenwood. The literally long. looks like Edgar Allan Poe if he lived a little bit longer. Yeah, look at him. He's got a nice forehead, the the Reynolds. hairline even, the Reynolds. way Roderick is styled, the Reynolds. Reynolds. Dude. Reynolds. What? Reynolds. 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 What? When they found him, that was what he was saying. When oh. they found Edgar Allan Poe before he died, he kept rambling about the, the name Reynolds. Okay. And people don't really, there's like speculation about what it meant. And apparently Reynolds was the street that he lived on. Okay. And a lot of people, and like, I believe it. I think that like, they... I think he was raving and like whatever, whatever, because there was this practice where, like, you see it in Gangs of New York. How many times have you voted today? Ten times. They would 
get guys drunk and they take them to the polls. Then they take them and they'd shave their beard off or shave their mustache. Right. And then they take them back or they cut their hair. And I think he got like, somebody came along and picked him up and got him into that that day. And just like, you know, he was just exhausted from obviously drinking, but like that whole thing, that whole day, but he's raving the name Reynolds. And like most people think they're like, well, that's actually like where the, the street he was staying on when he died. But for years they were like, we don't know what the fuck Reynolds is all about. So when you just said he looked, I like didn't him, know. I just, yeah. Did not know that. There's a lot of uh, deep cut oh, Poe stuff in here and oh, remixes. Yeah. So and, many fucking, uh, yeah. Just a lot of fun stuff if you're into that and sort of I thing. I was but that if guy, you're, dude. Like, that was the I, beautiful part about yeah. all of it. You See, know? and I, I was super into him for a time in like middle school. Mm-hmm. And, all, and all of that stuff is pretty like buried in the back of my mind. So to the extent that like I see an episode title and I'm like, I vaguely kind of remember what happens in this one, but it's like, I feel like at the end of the day, I went through this the way that I'm sure most people did, which was just like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just watching the show. I'm not necessarily like clocking every single and see, I did, if reference I and titles, allusion I probably would have been to, able to call more stuff, but yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Every character is like a reference to, you know, people from short stories or, mm-hmm. you know, unfinished novels, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company, Fortunato. Yeah, the whole Pem character, I guess, is from like an unfinished or unpublished novel. Yeah. Is. Uh, Auguste Dupont is like one of the, the original detectives. Original detectives ever. predates yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, again, a lot of that stuff I remember just from Mrs. Mm-hmm. Minton because we hit a lot. Of, we had a whole short story section where we hit a lot of these. Yeah. But, uh, okay, anyways, we sang the praises of Bruce Goom. I think everybody's like pretty fantastic in the show across the oh, board yeah. but he's just he just towers above like everybody else as he should mm-hmm. um and yeah i just i don't know i got really into the i don't like the kind of the succession meets horror show of it all yeah, yeah. just like i don't like any of these people of course we've talked about that's the magic trick of succession is like you kind of end up giving a shit but you try not to but this being one of those cases where I was like, oh, they all suck. And we all, and we know they're all going to die. Right. And I can't wait to watch all of them die. Mm-hmm. Like, I you know, I have no sympathy for any of these people. And the show's not asking. And guess what? The show's also not asking me to have any sympathy right. for them. And I was like, that's something that I think maybe gets a little lost in our current, like, whenever we have a horror protagonist, we, we you know, the go-to is like, they have some past trauma. We want to like hook into them. It's an easy identifiable thing for like the audience to latch on to. Um, which is why and I don't there, know and there is no, a, there is a lot of movies anymore. Say what? Which is why I don't know why there's like not a ton of bro movies. Like you would want, like you want these like kind of dumb meathead guys that like think it's okay to be a certain way. Now you would want them to be in more movies. I'm kind of right? shocked. I'm kind of shocked. We haven't had the reverse female slasher where it's like it's literally a female slasher killing well, off a bunch of dumb well, there's the dude like, bro party massacre movie thing i saw i'm sure there's that, rip i'm sure there's riffs on that yeah. that have happened but i'm saying like a, stream, go, no. a good one yeah um I, I think that movie still can be made uh where was i going with all this sorry the fact that you don't give a shit about like well you oh, you yes. do an extent no, you say, do but like, most most modern or again, mainstream ones. They want you to identify with the characters. There's a certain amount of buying or whatever, which it took a long time to get there. 
you know, it's something we used to complain about where it's like, well, give, you know, don't just start with the horror. Give me the 20, 30 minutes of character setup so I can actually like give a shit when things go to hell. Like I need to invest in the person mm -hmm. and movies eventually like now it's almost that's the cliche of like, well, we expect that as a default. So it was kind of refreshing where I was like, oh, yeah, forget that. One of the hallmarks of the genre used to be bad things happening to bad people. Right. Like just because they deserved it or they're getting their comeuppance or whatever, or just mm -hmm. like it's kind of fun or satisfying on that level for us to watch that. But even within that, we know from the get go, they're all going to die. All the kids are going to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't know what order. So when things start playing out, I remember having the feeling of like, oh, now I'm just stuck with these people. Oh, now I'm just stuck with the, it was that where it wasn't like, oh, I missed this person. It was like, oh, it's really down to just these three. And to take. And then you realize they're dying in little, the youngest to oldest order. You yes. never picked that up. I mean, yeah. Backtrack. I did. It, yeah. a little, I was a little slow on the uptake that that was the structure to it, to be completely honest with you. But, um, Sorry, sidetracked, you were saying. Well, no, I mean, I, as somebody who, like, I was point, I was trying to point out as many references as I could, and so when they, like, oh, yeah, they, they make fun of her facility, they call it the Rue, Rue. The Rue Morgue. Yeah. Rue Morgue. Oh, okay. Well, I, was gonna say, I know what's going to happen there. The unlikability of the characters, sorry. To continue that through where I was like, you know who I hate the most? From from the get go, pretty much, you know who I hate the most? Fucking smarmy, greasy ass Henry Thomas yes. with his fucking ponytail, and like, you know, it's it's not too far into the series before he's just like he's coked up, and I'm just like I see where this is heading, whatever. And the fact that he's the one who makes it the longest, I was like, that's the you're just like I'm just like. I want to see. I want to see him go. I want to right. see him go. Why is he still around? Yeah. Why is he doing this to his wife? Oh my God, Lenore, she's stuck in all this, all of that. But you know what? It was re it was really satisfying to make him the last one to go, just for that pit in the pendulum sequence of oh, yeah. like, uh, you can feel this. Uh, you, you're going to experience everything, but you can't move. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, and to frame it in like fuck. You, yes, dude. I, yeah, every fucking every bit of it, and like the the scene where they're like, it starts out, and Bruce Greenwood is sitting in what looks like a basement area, and he's staring at a brick wall. I was like, well, I know who's fucking like <laughs> cocked up in that shit. Like, I can yeah. just, and I just, I loved it because it reminded me, like, yeah, man, like I knew this shit. I loved this shit when I was like a goth kid, and I kept it in my mind mm -hmm. and I can still call back to it. Some of the stuff I misstepped, I was so giddy and happy when I'm like, of course it was this shit. Why did I not remember that? It's a fucking chimp that tears, that beats the fuck out of somebody with their own arm that kills them in the murders at room Like that's what it is. It's yeah. Nothing, the whole reveal is it's, it's, it's just a crazy ape, <laughs> ape. chimp or whatever, but yeah. like, but blending that into like, okay, well it's this way because like, eh, you know, the heart thing wasn't working. What heart thing? Oh, I don't know. A telltale heart thing wasn't working. And so they got a lot of adrenaline and I'm like, okay. And honestly, dude, it wasn't until like 
she kept me like, do you hear that shit? I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Is the name of this episode the Telltale Heart? And I made Beck stop it. And I was like, oh, fuck, it is. And she was like, yeah, how did you not know that one? I was like, wait a minute. this You knew the Telltale Heart? She's like, everybody knows that. And I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think they teach him anymore. Like They quit I mean, making kids read like, Poe and like, write like cursive. That's like top five. That's like it is, yeah. and that's a classic story of, of guilt and like all. Of, yeah, it's yeah. good. Uh, but the way that and the the way that they, everything is grabbed, I mean, I don't think anybody else could have pulled it off. Like, oh, I mean, just, trying to wrap it all into one and like, as far as I'm concerned, everything was fucking seamless. As far as the references, the you know. Making oh, yeah. them fall I in line with the original I think source material. I, I was trying to think about it, but I'm like, I, yeah, weirdly, it's easily head and shoulders, like the best Poe related thing I can think of. I remember being pretty amped about the movie The Raven, where the whole setup was John Cusack is Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Basically, do it. Basically, we're doing From Hell with Edgar Allan Poe, right. where it's like, we're doing historical fiction. What about what? that other one? Did um, you watch that? What other one? <laughs> There's one. It the the Black Mask guy directed. It's on Netflix. Oh, the uh, Bale pale, is a cop. Pale blue eye is based on, or he's a character. Poe is a character in it. Poe is like a cadet, right? And Bale is a cop that's come to him as like, I need your help. Trying Never to watched figure. it. I didn't either. Like, I kind of want to now. Now that we've like, I might like, I might put that on it, on the right back. Is that horror ish? It's thriller or something make it count uh, it might but i mean it's the same guy who directed black mass i only know that because i listened to scott, him and Mirren uh, talk, and they were talking about like oh this is the, the ed scott Pope. cooper it's cooper yeah. yeah crime horror mystery thriller yeah i mean it did not get good reviews no and i uh, you know but i still wanted to see it because like it's i got fucking... mr timothy spall in it though simon mcburney toby jones I know Toby. I just watched him in Burberry and Sound Studio for the first time. You seen that one? Toby. You seen Toby? that one? Toby. With Toby. Toby Jones. Wong. <laughs> Toby Wong. Fucking Charlie, Charlie Chan. Chan. <laughs> okay. Got my Don. Madonna's um, big dick coming out my left. What? Anyway. Um. Yeah. You ain't seen Burberry and Sound Studio. What the fuck is that? It's about a sound engineer who goes to work on an Italian film. And he thinks it's like, you know, like a classy foreign picture. But really it's a giallo and nobody told him. And then he's kind of like, these murders look kind of realistic, right? Maybe these murders is happening. Or maybe it's just in my head. I'm Toby Jones. I'm a sound guy. You don't see any of the movie. That's the, that's the, the catch. That's the hook. It's just the sound. He just hears the sound from the movie. But we never see the picture. Toby Jones, Burberry and Sound Studio. It was alright. It's on AMC Plus. Who's Toby Jones? <laughs> What's he look like? He was the other Capote. Oh. He's Does that, that help? No, he's missing. Does that help? No. No, mate. You're this man. No, mate. You know this man. His, name's, his name is David Pilcher. He <laughs> saves us all. And takes us to the future in Wayward Pines. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget the indelible performance? <laughs> it's not even in his top four, mate. 
Is he? What's his top four? Captain America. Yes. Um, As Doctor. I'm in Zola. But where will I sit? <laughs> not a scratch, Doctor. Not a scratch. Okay, you got one of four. What are the uh, other three? Uh, keep the other Capote movie? Yeah. Und ja? No. <laughs> Infamous is what it was called. No, that's not the movie, though. It's a franchise picture. We were talk. We talked about it earlier, and I'm losing the accent in, re- in relation to Five Nights at Freddy's. I'll get it back. Hold on. I'm I'm curious. What franchise film? Insidious. The Hunger Games. He so he, he was since the he was Games. Claudius Templeton. How could you forget? <laughs> How could you forget, I, Mr. Toby Jones is Claudius Templeton? I am a Maze Runner fan. I am is it Templeton head. or is it some weird ass? Day? It's cut off on IMDb. I gotta, I, no I gotta idea. see if it's weirder than I thought it was. Hold on. But you see, brother, I am a Maze Runner fan. I am not a Hunger it, Games. It's fan. okay. It's not Templeton. Can you tell me what the rest of the name no is? No idea. I've never seen this. Well, movie. of course, he's Claudius Temple Smith. Temple Smith. <laughs> Mister Toby Jones is Claudius Temple Smith <laughs> in the Hunger Games franchise. All right. Okay. Number the next three. one you'll never get, but he does play a character named Waddington. <laughs> Waddington. The Painted Veil. I was just going to say that. And finally, he's <laughs> Percy Eliane in Tinker. 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 Soldier. Spy. spy. <laughs> <laughs> I, by the way, I don't know if you've seen this. I've just sent it to you on Instagram, but I love it. There's this little Scottish girl... And she has this thing going on this month called it. It's Scotch Tober, friends. And she'll tell she's like, I think the other day she's like, the day of the word today is dour. And it means this. And she'll tell you what it means. And then she'll give it to you in a sentence. And she'll like, okay, slow it down now. And she'll give you the thing. Like, all right, just between us, friends. And she'll do it again for you. It's adorable. Like, I just love it. It's like every day is Scotch Tober. And she's giving you a different Scottish word. I'll have to send it to you when we get done. I, I okay. think you'll find it amazing. Okay, we loved House of Usher. Any other like final thoughts you want to share on it? I mean, we could gush over it all day, but I just I it's great. Did, it's I definitely did. the highlight of as far as new stuff this month. Yeah. This one delivered. I was glad I had this to kind of space out and savor. I did over the course see, of a couple nights. I did see a reel the other day, and it was the kid who the guy who plays the one who goes out the window chasing the cat. Yeah, I don't know his name. I've seen him on the top of my head. He was in Midnight Mass. But he, yeah, yeah. But he talks about, like, basically telling Mark Hamill on the set that, like, like the whole reason I wanted to do this was because, like, I saw you in Star Wars. And Mark Hamill was just like, well, hey, you know, that's really great that we made something that made you want to do this because I think you're fucking brilliant. And he, like, was... Ball, like you know, getting teary eyed, telling the story to the guy. It's I've seen the guy too. The Rahul guy, Coley, is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the actor. The, I know who he is. The, the the other like this guy on the show because he was on a CW show and a p- couple of movies in the early two thousands. I Zombie, which uh, yeah, he was in that. Yeah, which I think Flanagan has pulled a handful of people from. Uh, but yes, he was a nice highlight. Uh, Zach Guilford. I always enjoy. Dude, I I gotta time. say, I was. I appreciated that aspect of it. I was very much like, "How are you gonna get me from Zach Guilford to Bruce Greenwood, asshole? Like, how how are we gonna make the transition?" And there was a point where I was kind of like, 
are they even going to be able to nail that? Is that going to be like the one thing that doesn't work in the show basically? Mm-hmm. And then I felt like they totally like turned the corner on it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, was, and we, we it's, haven't it's said, dark we haven't when you find her the name once. Oh, excuse Fucking me. Carla. I, yes. I've been sitting God here damn we've it, been flipping out over Bruce Greenwood, but another, she, he just keeps giving her these incredible roles and she keeps absolutely crushing them. But I think this, I mean, I love the shades she gets to play as the mom in Hill House. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's one of, argue, I mean, that's a cliche of the genre at this point. Mm-hmm. The mom that gets taken over or turns evil or turns on her kids or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that along with like Tony Collette and Hereditary are like the two most iconic versions of that at yeah. this point. But yeah, this is one of those, it was like, you're very early on or like, well, she's death or something like it. I don't know. She's cool as hell. Well, you and know, you're just you, like, if you, if you change the name Verna, it does spell Raven. She's so, the Raven. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So from the get go though, you're just like, Oh, I see what this is. And she's just, it's, it's a delicious performance. It's one of those where you're just like, Oh, she's just, she's just crushing this. She's like yeah. making you hang on every word. She's so like the adaptability of what she is in every she's one of them's evil life. Evil, and she's so like you know deliciously evil. But she's doing it to people that again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, make it worse. It's like, dude, the whole of course me, you know, we got, we got fucking three cats. I wasn't a huge fan of of the black cat episode. Yeah, but when I realized it was like, oh, you're you know, it's your roommate, your boyfriend cares about the cat. You're kind of indifferent to it. I'm like fuck you dude and when the whole when he may or may not have killed him in a you know fit of rage or drugged mm-hmm. out night or whatever they make you look at that or whatever i'm just like all right all right what's the he's got he he gots to go right and then the way that they ultimately do it dude with him swinging off the balcony and the oh my god the fall i i feel like i haven't seen it in anything else maybe another movie has done it but you're you're expecting the classic like Oh, he's gonna go, you know, under the hood of the car. Like always happens in these mm-hmm. shots, but it's like, uh, no, in a high rise, like you would not get the distance. Nope. You would plummet like very quick. Very the fact that he misses the car and goes straight into the pavement. I love fa- yeah. so hard. Yeah. And the fact and I, that the, he didn't like get slammed back into the wall is amazing. Yes. The the buttons on every episode of just like crazy fucking death and then boom hammer drop of the title card oh yeah that, that, dude, i love that that was probably well, my, my favorite the end of the end of episode two which is our first like death set piece or whatever with prospero yeah where i was just like oh, <coughs> oh it's this kind of show I was yeah like, oh okay okay um that was and see, that's the only one that I couldn't remember any connection to. There's that one to me was just kind of a fun wordplay of like the mask of the Red Death, because that's what it is, right? Yeah, but it's just we melted your fucking skin. Well, I don't no, think that's I, what the I mask can, of the Red Death well, is. No, as because I remember. what I'm thinking is like I can't remember if in there there was something about the Red Death, the plague, your skin would get boily and all that. I'm sure that's and they just amp that up yeah. with the whole and of course. Because you're like, what the fuck? Well, the fact How did this happened, the and the fact you... that that's the payoff. Because you're thinking, oh, she put this there, like 
whatever entity she is, like she engineered this, she made everybody leave, she put whatever in the pipes. It's like, mm-hmm. you but know. then, but then Greenwood the explains you. He's like, like, no, I did it. No, like, it was all his fault. Just it, like everything. Again, the whole concept of a guy who is told like all your progeny, like you're, you guys will have a couple good years, like a couple great decades, but all of them are gonna die. And he just like he can't help himself he just keeps fucking people right he's yes. just like dude yeah. what a piece of shit yeah. and then you start thinking about these old fucks that are like in their 80s and like run the fucking world and that's exactly the setup or where you're just grabbing like, ass do you need all things people like, don't like do you need all these kids do you need all this money do you need all of this anything it'll never be enough uh yeah a, a great uh just a great fucking series dude i loved it he nailed it. We love Flanagan. Yeah, dude. Flanagan is like... Yeah. Um. Any closing, like, shout-outs you want to hit people with? Like, big recommends? That's definitely... I mean, as far as series go, that's the one to do. And obviously, if you never caught Midnight Mass, which we raved about a lot of last year, I highly recommend you go back and do that. Those are definitely... And along with Honey Hill House, those are the top three. But not a bad one in the bunch. Even Bly Manor, which I think kind of runs out of steam in the back half, which more felt just like a result of it being just a little too long. It could have used a tighter edit. Uh, Still a really strong show. And I recommend to you that you actually do go and check out Midnight Club. I don't know if you ever read any of those books when we were younger, but... uh, Midnight Club. Cool setup. The set, it's, you know, kids... uh, in a cancer ward, essentially, that share scary stories to, like, pass the time. And they always meet at midnight. Yeah, and yeah. A, just a, a an ending note about this. I do think that it is interesting that, like, yes, the overall story is the, the like, I buried her prematurely, followed the House of Usher. But I think it is very interesting to note when you're talking about all this money, and, like, you hear this whole speech about, like, lemonade and whatnot, and that, like, the guy that this all came from probably died with, like, 50 cents to his name. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, not celebrated in his time at all. Yeah. Disputes about money, dispute, like, with his foster father, all this other stuff. So, it's one of those where, like, if you didn't know anything about Edgar Allan Poe, you're like, huh, maybe I'll check this dude out. Maybe I'll, oh, okay, well, it looks like all these, let me go, what, wait a minute, this is a story? Oh well, how does the story match up to the episode? Let me read it, right? But if you it had any won't. inkling of him whatsoever, you're like, or you were a fan, you know. Or I'll argue, if you're a scholar of his work, you can still find value and appreciate this for what it is, just for the fact that, like, here's a dude that's getting like a ton of play in Halloween this year. Edgar Allan Poe. This is an know? argument for like physical media or just like a cool special feature that they don't really do in the streaming era. But I would love. A Mike Flanagan commentary with like a Poe scholar or something, yeah. where they just like oh, no, talk they, over they, every gonna, episode and they're like, going to put that out on DVD down. or something. I would yeah. totally like. There's been a lot of great like explainer articles that go through all the Easter yeah, eggs yeah. and stuff. But again, I would love to. Obviously, he's a big fan, and each of these has kind of been him, other than Midnight Mass, which is, as far as I know, like kind of wholly original. And we gave it one of the biggest compliments at the time, which is like this is the best. Uh, like Stephen King thing that Stephen King never wrote, like better than a lot of Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like Hill House, obviously, based on the Shirley Jackson. Is it Shirley Jackson? That sounds right. 
I believe so. And then Bly Manor is like taming, taming, uh, Henry James. Ta- turning of the Screw? Taming, taming, taming of, of the Shrew. The shrew right. Turning of the Screw, which is the Henry James novel that it's... Right. Yes. The Turn of the Screw. Right. Yes, excuse me. Okay. Uh, and then... You said like we said, Midnight Midnight Club is based on the the book series, and then uh, and then this obviously based off the books both. So I'm curious, and he's always been a Stephen King guy, so I'm sure we'll get yeah. more of those. But I'm trying to think. I'm like, what are the other? He's never touched. Tune in when when Mike Flanagan decides to do all of Dean Koontz's suspenseful <laughs> thrillers. Well, that <laughs> I don't. No, do you like Homer's The Iliad? No, when Mike Flanagan gonna... has a great take. The obvious one that we would want him to touch, even though it seems a little outside of his purview, but he's so good with adapting sensibilities from different types of horror authors, is to do some Lovecraft, is all I was going to say. Yeah. I would be curious. I know, it's no, not no, no, a no, no, natural no, 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 no. fit, yeah. but it's an interesting one. Yeah. And as much as I love Lovecraft Country for dipping into that, I know it was a book that they were making, that they were turning into a TV right. series. But I don't know. I He didn't really have... He wasn't great at novels. The short story was where he was at. Well, no, so but I that's don't know where, what you... But that's where I'm saying again. You think, think like he that, could... You think Felony could, could pull it off? Yeah. If he could incorporate I think, like I think there's shorter a way, stories into a bigger narrative that might have like... Yes, I think there's out, a way the, to basically give him yeah. the same treatment. But also, yes, we did have Lovecraft Country and the whole nature of that book is kind of interrogating some of the issues that we have with Lovecraft as a person, right. which I think would be very interesting to do, but it also maybe would feel redundant at this point. So yeah, I am trying to think of just other like big horror authors that maybe he might tackle or just, I know he's working on a couple of Stephen King things as we speak. Okay. We'll close the book on Flan again. Kind of, kind of the reigning, the reigning champ right now, as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Uh, at least in the televised. Dude, so. if he could do, could you imagine the 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 Bachman book about like the walk where they like they make teenagers like walk across country, and if like you don't keep up a certain many miles, they just like they kill you on spot, like they're yeah. following you. That would be some fun. Like and then like you're cutting back to like how each of these kids got here to get picked. Like that would be a fucking crazy. Kind of surprised they didn't do it in the midst of all the uh, Hunger Games and Maze Runner sort of things. Right. Um. <clears throat> Well, part okay. of it is probably because Stephen King's like, I did this already. You guys are just, you know. I'm just surprised. I mean, it, talk about a guy who does not mind cash and checks, dude. I'm At like, all. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to round some things out? Yeah. Uh, or no, I, I was about to ask because I said that was, I think that's inarguably kind of the best horror series in a bit. And yeah. Flanagan's kind of like the king of that side of things. I was just going to transition and ask, did you catch Talk to Me yet? No, what's okay. it on? It's still a it's still a rental only at oh, this point. Okay. I was just curious, but what's the other uh, one you? Get? What's the one we were talking about last time on 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 Mayfield's list about like like see no evil, speak no evil, speak no evil. What, yeah, it's on Shutter. Which one is that? Which one is it? Like what happens in that? Um, it is without spoiling things. It's for like the listener. family. There's family goes on vacation with or goes. To the home of a family they met while on vacation. Right. Like vacation friends. Now we're actually meeting outside of that. Uh, and then kind of through... So, it's ringing a bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, I don't want to spoil it for the audience. But yes, basically... Because I feel like I started that, but I didn't get to the turn. And like I didn't bother going back to watch it. But that's on Shudder too? 
Oh, okay, you haven't. Okay. I'm going like, yes, to revisit it. It is on Shutter. yes. And it's... Is it a foreign film? Does it have subtitles? Yes, it does. Okay, that's how I knew. I don't ever need to start them after 10 o'clock. I can't stay away. It, I can't it read is, t- I it is tough to read after 10. No, I'm I'm the same way. That is, I will usually... Uh, I, I usually will not start anything that needs to be read yeah. after 10 o'clock. Okay, uh, I'm just going to breeze through... Uh, think last time i left off around zodiac i already talked about burberry sound studio which is kind of a late recommend rewatch pearl which uh always good huge uh huge fan of that film really held up on a rewatch cannot wait for maxine which we finally get next year uh revisited the fright night remake from 2011 that was quite a fun time always a good one time. of the best remakes in recent memory with the late great anton yelchin Imogene Poots and uh, Colin Farrell and Tony Collette, dude. Yeah. And Christopher Mintz plots plus just, you know, and Mr. David Tennant. The, you know, the thing I forgot, cause I've only seen it once. I think prior to this, this was my, only my second rewatch. Mm-hmm. I've seen the original a handful of times. This is the reason why this is one of the best remakes. I totally forgot. It's like, it dispenses with all the all the things that you would be like, okay, are we really gonna do this again? Like, are we really gonna have nobody believes him and blah blah blah? Mm-hmm. But the idea that like, no, like fifteen to twenty minutes in, McLovin is like, yo, dude, your neighbor's a vampire. I've been tracking him for days. <laughs> like, right. here's what's going on, and you're very quickly like, oh, okay, these this is the setup and these are the stakes. Like, right. they just the way they don't bullshit or yada, you know, they just kind of keep things moving immediately puts you on the back foot. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. I, I actually don't know what they're going to do with some of the stuff. Yeah. And then the, the idea that, but, and then the beauty of like, well, David Tennant's like a fraud. Like he isn't, he isn't this dude. But then when that little line of like, well, it can't be real because then like, if it really was real, then like, that means that like what happened to me and my family was real. And you're like, Oh Yeah. Because, yeah, and they tie it back in with his parents. Right, exactly, which is, it's perfect. And then I just love that take of, like, no, like, it's a it's a creature that has to be burrowed underground, like a desert-type vampire, you know? Because I haven't watched it in years, and I probably don't know anything about it, but a lot of people give me shit. I think you gave me shit about liking The Forsaken back in the day. Probably. and like, A movie I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like... That was sort of the same thing in kind of the same vein of like a, a from dusk till dawn that they're like, they're more like a desert kind. They're not like a, a like European like bat yeah. thing. It's more of like a, a creature that like a, a chupacabra, some kind of desert like burrowing thing that will like, of course, if, if it has to stay out of the sunlight, it's going to have to dig underground to go dark. So like the whole end sequence of him underneath the house is just a perfect, yeah. you know, it's a great, like fun time. Total Blast, doesn't outstay its welcome. Really, really solid remake. You know, actually, you uh, know what I want? Now that I think about it. What's that? I want Flanagan to give me a Night of the Creeps. It's literally the next thing I watched the <laughs> following night. Night of the Creeps is amazing. I don't know why Flanagan needs to do that movie. I would want that movie from, like... Uh, Vincent and Moorhead? I was going to say Joel Petrakis would crush a, uh, a Night of the Creeps remake. You think so? The rela- you haven't watched enough Petrakis movies, dude. He did Relaxer, okay, who's Buzzard. He gonna, who's who's he going to get How, for the Tom Atkins character? 
this is another conversation for another time. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, who who do I want in yeah. that role? Yeah. Because I think he can play anything, and I visually could picture him right now. I want Jesse Plemons with a giant fucking mustache and a trench coat. Thrill me. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, you dude, that it. fucking works, man. You could do it. Plemons. You could do anything. And then you get Chalamet. Want, you get Chalamet as like the the nerd, the kid. Sure. I mean, their age gap is probably not that big. No. I think Jesse Plemons is like 35 or and 36. you get Pete Davidson to be his buddy with the crutches. Why? Why, I why does he have to be in this? I don't okay. Uh, yeah, I cleaned up Suburban Screams and House of Usher. Uh, rewatched The Vanishing, the 88 version, not the remake, uh, which is from the same director. I don't know how, but he did he did it twice and one is good and one is not um the one with sandy is not good right not if you ask me dude no no i, I, that's know, what I'm I know people have a people some people love that movie that's weird i don't he just like he undid his own ending the first one is so much better yeah oh my god so good okay uh dead zone cobweb which uh was entertaining and is available on hulu that's all i'll say it takes a lot of twists and turns. I, I'm not mad that I watched it, but uh, we could have a very interesting conversation. Cobweb. It's got uh, Anthony Starr, Homelander. Okay. And uh, Lizzie Kaplan as well. And uh, yeah, watch the trailer. It's one of those that like goes really hard at selling you like this is what's going on here to the point where you're like, okay, well, if you're telling me that this is what's going on here, this there's is... obviously more to it right. kind of thing. This can't be what's going on. It's yeah. got to be something else. Uh, yeah. But yeah, some fun twists and turns. It's produced by Point Grey, uh, Seth Rogen, and Evan Goldberg's company. It was not terrible, but I wanted it to be awesome, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, and then I watched It Follows last night. That was the most recent thing. Rewatched it. Okay. Good good movie. I uh, revisited, I and I'm trying to think, I want to make sure that I didn't say these on the last one already but I revisited Barbarian um, I got on Where, is that still on HBO Max right now yeah okay um, I think I do want to hit that one again before I, I watched, before the month is over I watched the Lake Mungo I don't get it it's a lovely film but I just I inherently like ghost stories because it means there's a there's an afterlife so I can't get scared <laughs> at it but you, did, I mean, but how, effect, how like effective it, is the montage? Oh at yeah, the end. Yeah. I mean, come yeah, on, it's dude. great. I mean, it's like, good. I get the whole time, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, season of the witch, Halloween three. That, you know what? That one might be getting subbed in this year. Halloween Day might be season of the witch, followed by The Shining, and we might, we might just not do the, the Carpenter OG this. Oh year. no, I mean, I I I got to do the Carpenter OG. Then I got to do. I always save that one for after 18. the shining in the evening, but, right? Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm good now that we've got all three of the of the David Gordon Greens, the Jordan Gordon Lewis's. Um, so you're gonna do the four? I'm gonna do all four. Okay, yeah, for the day, um, day into the night, into the into the All Souls Day. Um, I'm gonna do every timeline in one day. That'd be good. It's not possible. <laughs> um, again, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned on the old ones, but. Uh, I did watch Rob Zombies 1 and 2, and then I've watched the, it's not Rick, is it Rick Rosenthal for Halloween 2? Or is it Steve, it's not Steve, it's Rick Rosenthal for Halloween 2, right? I think, 
Yeah, which one is Steve Miner? Steve Miner's H2O. H2O, which because is good, but he was a Friday guy. He was a Friday guy because I did but watch so, three, did, four. But didn't if, Rosenthal make a Friday too? I think so. I don't know. But I watched the three, we gotta get, I watched We got to get four, the Brothers Blanchard on here. Three, I did watch three, four, and five of Friday um, yesterday. Like okay. back to back to back. I just had them on in my, you know, like my room like i stayed up to like two o'clock in the morning i don't know why i did this like as soon as i got off work i was like what am i gonna okay well i don't think i've actually ever sat down and watched three so i kill three and i'm like all right four's got Corey feldman and so i was like all right that's that... the one that everybody loves and crispin, crispin glover's in it too yeah um corkscrew yeah <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah um and again i i don't i don't know what would have happened with me had you shown me that first? Because I know for a fact that like it just, the first time I got exposed to it was the time I asked you and mom to go see Jason X in the theater. Yeah. And and I got and, and I got a little like unnerved. I was like, well, this is fucking like brutally violent. Like he's slamming those. Like he <laughs> thinks that those are like real women. They're just like it's a hologram thing. But he is like slamming them into this tree in a fucking like sleeping bag. This is fucking. Is this how brutal these other movies are? Because I'd never seen. I saw the first one, and it's not that bad. You know, it's pretty tame by today's standards. And so, I honestly wonder, like, what would have happened to me if I got exposed to like Friday the Thirteenth first before Halloween? Mm-hmm. Because I've said it before, That's... Bob's the whole reason why, why I was exposed to Halloween so early on. Right. And he he sold it with like him scaring us in the middle of, of showing it to us when we lived on a uh, plantation. And, like, I vividly remember from them being like, I'm not scared of this. I like this. Like, this is, mm-hmm. I thought I would be creeped out by this, but I got to know more about this thing. And just, that just kicked off my fascination of, like, okay. Because, like, it, it it's affected with the music and shit, but I want to know more about it. And then I discover, like, the making of it and what it means and, like, the guy at the helm. Mm-hmm. And I'm hitting that right at the sweet spot where I'm like... I can find information because of the internet. It's not all on my phone right now, but I have enough know know how to like get the information I want to do, like figure out and start to try and find these other movies, mainly at a video store. But I often wonder, like, if I'd have gotten into if somebody showed me like Friday the thirteenth before Halloween, would I have the love for Halloween that I have? And it's not that I don't like the Friday the thirteenth series. I just look at those as like those were trying to cash in those were made for to make money. Like there's one every couple of years. The fact that you go from like uh, three's like what eighty eighty two maybe eighty three. Not the person to ask about that franchise. No 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 no. no. Halloween, season of the witch. Oh, yeah, eighty three. Eighty three, right? You don't go till eighty eight, maybe, or eighty six. There's at least like a four or five year gap between Halloween three and four. Yeah. So it's obvious it's like these people are just making them because like one, it's available, it's an IP they can do. But two, like they they want to bring back Michael Myers because it's a big deal. Like Michael Myers is Halloween. We learned that. But it just it's obvious from like from Jump Street, Jason was just made as like, okay, well, Michael Myers worked. What's this guy's name? Jason. Okay, cool. What's he got? Well, he can't have a kitchen. I mean, he's got a what? what do you, how about a machete? Okay, cool. And they just go. And yeah, they just solely seem it, to be made for money, not for like. It's a hundred percent which one you saw first, and you latch on like that's your franchise. It's the same reason why I like. Yeah, I've never cared about Friday the Thirteenth, 
and I like I enjoy the Freddies like quite a bit. I like Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's not like my I'm not a diehard about that franchise. I think like, Scream is like our franchise. I mean, if from that's crazy, that's ours. Yeah, in terms yeah. of just like the one that was happening in our over like, in our lifetime. Yeah, our life. Yeah, yeah, obviously, that's if we had to pick one, that's ours. But like fan wise of the classic three. Yeah, we're Halloween boys because the, those are the ones that we saw for It's literally why? Because mom wasn't a fan of those other ones. Right. She liked Halloween. So right. that's the one we saw. Yeah. Little did she know. It's the same thing. Like, you're, again, we've talked about it before, but your gateway movie is Halloween. I don't know why it was that, like, I watched it at the same time and I remember liking it and being scared of it as a kid, but my activation moment wasn't until like two years later when she was like okay well now you've seen i know what you did last summer and some of these screams and blah blah blah. now i think you're okay to see the exorcist which is a weird correlation to be like i showed you all these modern horror movies and now i'm going to show you like something completely fucking different like that in no way you've actually been prepared for and that's the one that broke my brain where i was just like wait what what right what is this so you know what? You know what's really crazy. Just I'm spitballing here. We really ought to get these. This lighting we got, and like get some mushrooms, maybe some MDMA, and just take some and just sit here and talk about that because it's weird now. I don't know why it is in this setting. Thinking of all the things that like our mom exposed us to, that are like integral to like how integral. I integral integral and. Integral. I can't even speak. I'm so shocked by what I'm, I'm. Integral. 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 Interwoven into my fiber of my being, of like who I am, and it's just based off shit she showed me. Like, you know how much I fucking love, like the first Terminator. Oh, like yeah. I well, traveled across I mean, time I, for you. I like that one, but and like T2 is like yeah, but like there's a, there's a little little sliver of my brain that's like just carved out for that movie. Exactly. And that's great. I don't do that. I I always like I will watch I'll put Terminator on all the time to go to sleep. Like just and because of like the way my brain works and mom's brain works, all this shit had to happen and you had to meet your dad and your dad sends you back in time to have you. Like all the infinite possibilities in the universe and that shit has to happen and your dad knew it had to happen. Okay. You know, so fucking we're, crazy. We're like anyway. so far off the Arctober right. reservation. I want to... Oh, I chopping, got chopping mall. Chopping mall. <laughs> have you seen Chopping Mall? Well, if you're just going to cut me off, then never mind. Sorry. God. No. You no, I haven't seen? seen Chopping Mall. Okay. Chopping Mall. I thought it was going to be shit. I remember seeing this. Are, are we ending on Chopping Mall? No, no, no. I'm just cute. I got some more. <laughs> um, Barbara Crampton's in it and the sister... You've seen Night of the Comet. I cannot think of this actress's name. But the cheerleader, the younger baby sister in Night of the Comet. Yes. She is also in Chopping Mall. And it's not really... I don't know why they classify it as horror. It's like some dude builds like modern security robots that look like, you know, Johnny Five. Like, you know, Roller, Awesome-O, Johnny Five all mixed together. Kelly Maroney is the actress. Kelly Maroney, that's right. That's her name. Um, And like lightning hits the receiver thing on top of the mall and then they go crazy and the kids are trapped in the mall I thought it was going to be dog shit I actually really enjoyed like how of its time it was mm-hmm. cliche it was but also like okay this is different it's not some dude with a mask and a 
whatever. It's like, well, what happens? It's robots. If te- what happens if technology fails on us or fucks yeah. with us? You know. Um, and then let me see. I so I told you like Mungo. Um, cursed. Went back and watched Cursed again. I feel like people don't think about that. It's not really that great of a movie. <laughs> That's why people don't think about it, bro. But it was just it's that it's the first time they're back together after Scream and it's like werewolves and they were just the fact that they tried it I put it up there with like Dracula 2000 it's just like Dimension was just like we're going with whatever we can dude that so that tripped me out last night watching It Follows which I would have sworn up and down was an A24 horror movie no and to kick it on it's like I was like the fucking Weinsteins they got their crazy little paws on this right before it was like right in the dying days of like Mm -hmm. we still had dimension and everything is it MGM too (coughs) I don't think so I could have swore like or maybe it was maybe it was something because when I first saw the trailer for it it had something to do with like an MGM Facebook post or something I I, I'm not sure that's crazy I think it's uh-huh. it's one of those that I think just played a festival and then they they picked it up. They had nothing to do with it, but yeah, it just it has the dimension label on it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Continue. You. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, obviously there'll be a couple more before we end next Tuesday. Um, what was the one you said something about? All of us are going to the World's Fair. We're all going to the World's Fair. Was my big like that one kind of off the radar? Uh, but yeah. Was there one other one that was on HBO Max you said to watch? It was like a red cover or something. I can't remember what it was. A red cover? Because I feel like you said the name of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I just saw that. And I remember it having a red color cover, like to whatever the box art is, on Max. And Not it, recalling that, but you might possibly be thinking of Beyond the Black Rainbow? No. Maybe... That is the previous Panos no, Cosmatos no, 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 no. movie. No, it's not that one. It's okay. another one you said to like it was on Max. You thought I would like it. You said the name out loud. I have to go back and listen to the episode, and I knew exactly what it was, but I hadn't. Did watched you it. watch Infinity Pool? Yeah, I watched You've that. You've seen? I'm trying. You said red, dude. I'm just trying to think of like things that had red imagery in them. On their main cover, on the like the front it's of. It's not obviously not helping. Yeah, and I have something to something I to already listed. You, in our you said episode. it out loud and. Asked me if I'd seen it, and I was like, "No, I've seen it. I've seen the box art for it or whatever, but this it wasn't this one about the world." Great Square. podcasting. What? Yeah. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll find it. I'll let you know. I'll text you when I do. It'll be fine. Okay, we'll do it in post. But yes, my big recommend from the previous episode was we're all going to the World's Fair. Uh, if you're looking for something off the beaten path, it's a little late in the game. You may be mad that it's not like out and out horror, but. Again, watch it by yourself at like one in the morning. I think you get a little fucking creeped out. I think you might get in the spooky spirit. Master, I get creeped out when they put Glenn close in the booboo box. I get very creeped out very easily. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Uh, and again, go watch all three In Search of Darknesses and find some gems yeah, of your own. Yeah, if you want own. some recommendations, that's a great place to start. And obviously the 101 Scariest Movie Moments yes. that Shudder just put out last year, which we had a great time with. Go back and find the Bravo shit. It's probably on... Yeah, it's on some, YouTube. You yeah. can look it up. It's kind of... It's chopped too. to ribbons, but you can watch it in sections. Yeah. Uh, 
and yeah, and more than anything, let us know what you're going to be watching in your respective movie marathons. You can email us. That, I did it so hard. Hold on. Okay, yeah. I set myself in the face with my mic so hard <laughs> that it uh, stopped the recording. So that's, that's what funny. that I was. Didn't see you do we it. clearly it like it moved on its own. We clearly shut the fuck up. We clearly. I call upon the spirits. This, this if is, there's anyone now, this is a great way. Let us hear from you to wrap up October 2023, uh, our annual all horror celebration of all things you. spooky and creepy. Let us uh, hear from you. We'll be watching a few more spooky titles before the end of the year, or at the end of the month, rather. Uh, and then there is one big horror title we're quite excited to see in November. It's called Thanksgiving from Mr. Eli Roth. So perhaps we'll come back with a little Arcto- a little Arctopers leftovers, if you will. <laughs> you have come home for the holidays and a body bag. Wait, thank you.